Welcome to the inaugural Sports Link podcast with me, Josh Link. Uh, it's basically just going to be a forum for me to uh, give my thoughts on some sports things going on in the world. Uh, I'll keep it rather short. I don't plan on doing any hour-long podcasts or even 45-minute-long podcasts. They'll probably be around 15 to 20 minutes, uh, generally. Uh, so hopefully I keep your attention for at least 15 to 20 minutes. Uh Basically, the main thing going on in the sports world right now are the NBA uh, Conference Finals, which are incredibly boring, (laughs) Uh, surprisingly so. Uh, I really thought these would be two very competitive series, and thus far they have not been. Uh, The Western Conference Finals have been the worst of the two. Uh, The Lakers basically are just pounding the Suns with their size. The, the Lakers have Pau Gasol, who's seven feet tall and one of the best offensive big men in the game. Uh, they have Andrew Bynum, who's around 7'1", uh, almost 300 pounds, really large guy, can pound you inside also and block shots and rebound. And then off the bench, they have 6'10", 6'11", Lamar Odom, who is uh, kind of a combo power forward, small forward, who can also rebound and score. So the combination of those three guys plus Kobe Bryant has just been way too much for the Suns. Uh, The Suns have no one who can guard any of those big men. Uh, Their best big man is Amari Stoudemire, who, for all the talent that he has, doesn't rebound and doesn't play defense. So he's been rendered pretty much worthless in this series, uh, at least the first two games in Los Angeles. Now maybe he'll get amped up in uh, Phoenix and start to play a little bit better, but as of right now... It's not really happening for him. Uh, then you've got uh, Steve Nash playing okay. Um, he's doing all right. He he can't really guard anybody either, though, at this point in his career or any point in his career, really. Uh, there's really just nothing the Suns seem to be able to do. Uh, they're scoring a lot of points. They're scoring 100 points easily in this series, but they're giving up like 120. Uh, they just can't guard these guys. Uh I think they would be best served not doubling in the post because when they have done that, uh, not only are they not stopping the big men anyway, but then they're getting open threes as well for the uh, perimeter players like Kobe, uh, Derek Fisher, uh, Ron Artest, Lamar Odom, etc. So it, I think the Suns would be best served just you know playing a man up and hoping that Gasol or Bynum just has an off night. Uh, looks like that's the only way they can beat these guys. Uh, so I see I see this series done in five maybe six if the Suns somehow catch fire at home. But uh, the Lakers are clearly the better team in this series, and they have home court advantage. They're going to win the series. Uh, The Eastern Conference Finals are more exciting, uh, but at the same time, uh, it looks like it's going to be a sweep. So even though the games have been better, the uh, actual um, uh, series itself is clearly a mismatch. Uh, Boston has gone into Orlando and just put a beating on them. Uh, they, the final score has been close in both games, but Boston's really been in control the entire series so far. And when you're up 2 nothing and both games are on the road, uh, you're in pretty good shape. We'll just put it that way. Um, one of the things I did want to touch on was <laughs> uh, one of my favorite moments of the playoffs thus far, which was the end of Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Finals in Orlando. Um, one of my least favorite players of all time is Vince Carter. Uh, he's a guy who has all the talent in the world, one of the all-time great athletes in NBA history, 
but for whatever reason, the man just has no heart. And he's also what I call anti-clutch. He's the opposite of being clutch. Uh, basically, uh, at the end of game two, the Orlando Magic were down by three with just under 40 seconds to go. Vince Carter gets fouled, goes to the free throw line. He has a chance to cut the lead down to one. And this guy had been shooting 85%, I believe, from the free throw line in the playoffs. So, obviously, he's a very good free throw shooter. Uh, he has got a, he's got a good stroke. Uh, there was just no way he was going to miss these free throws. But, of course, he's Vince Carter, so he comes up to the free throw line and just terribly misses the first one. You'd think Shaq was shooting that free throw. Uh, it had no chance of going in. Uh, just rattled around on the rim and just looked awful. And, <laughs> and they cut the cameraman cut to his face, and he had this look of horror on his face, like he just did not want to be on this free throw line taking this free throw. He just did not want any part of this. He didn't want any of the pressure on his shoulders. And you just knew, you knew he was going to miss that second free throw. And sure enough, when he lines up and takes the second free throw, he misses just as badly as he missed the first one. Uh, Celtics get the rebound, run some clock. Uh, Jameer Nelson's up missing a desperation three at the buzzer, and the Magic uh, head to Boston, down 2 nothing to the Boston Celtics. Uh, <laughs> it really kind of encapsulated the career of Vince Carter in my mind. Uh, that that whole game was just a perfect example of uh, why I do not like Vince Carter. And as a, it has more to do with his lack of heart than it does the fact that he comes up so small when the stage is so big. Um, during that game, he also, at one point, <laughs> it was a very physical game, but uh, Vince Carter was the only guy uh, who was taken out by the floor. Uh, he, <laughs> he hit a wet spot, I think, and he just fell down. And he acted as though he had just been shot from a sniper in the stands. And he just, he was writhing in pain, and he was holding his wrist, and he had to come out of the game, and then about five seconds later, he came right back into the game because he was completely fine. He just can't handle any kind of pain whatsoever, and it's, it's really amusing whenever this happens to him. Um, so, and then, of course, he misses the two big free throws at the end of the game, which really just, all of that together was just the, the perfect uh, uh, way for him to finish out that game. And uh, if you look at his career, uh, the things that he's probably most famous for are his dunks, which, you know, that's nice uh, that he's always been able to throw down some amazing dunks, but dunks don't win basketball games. You have to actually get to the free throw line and make free throws when the game is on the line, and he has no ability to do that whatsoever. He just doesn't even try. Uh, I was actually stunned that he even got to the free throw line at the end of that game. Usually he would just take a fallaway jump shot and miss it. Um, in fact, uh, in 2001, the Toronto Raptors were playing the Philadelphia 76ers in uh, the second round of the NBA playoffs. It was Game 7, uh, biggest game of Vince Carter's career at that point. And Vince Carter, the day of the game, decided to go to Chapel Hill, North Carolina, to receive his uh, college diploma. Now, I understand. I have no problem with the guy, you know, finishing college and wanting to get his diploma. That's great, but he didn't have to be there in person to accept the award, or to, not a, an award. He didn't have to be there in person to accept his degree. Um, he was going to get it anyway. You, you can go. You don't have to be at your graduation to graduate. I don't think. I don't know if anybody told him that, but uh, you can just not go, and they will just mail it to you. But anyway, I, I digress. He he went there. 
and then he had to rush back barely in time for the game. It's a game seven, biggest game of his career. Um, he's dueling Allen Iverson in this game. Um, the the Raptors were either tra- they were trailing. I can't remember if uh, they had an opportunity to tie or to win. I think they had a chance to win. And uh, Vince Carter had the ball, takes the shot, misses the shot. Raptors lose, and you know he took a lot of heat for you know first off putting himself in the position uh, where he almost let his teammates down to begin with by almost not being there. And then, you know, missing the big shot at the end of the game, which, you know, just further compounded that. Um, probably the greatest accomplishment of his life was either winning the dunk contest <laughs> in the 2000s or uh, when he um, dunked on a 7-2 French guy in the Olympics. And if those are your two highlights, then you probably have some problems. Um, uh, I think that pretty much sums up the Eastern Conference Finals so far. I did want to touch on um, Dwight Howard a little bit. Uh, I, I really don't think this guy is as good as people seem to think he is. Uh, people are always trying to compare him to Shaquille O'Neal, which is ridiculous. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal is one of the greatest centers of all time. Uh, Dwight Howard just happens to play in a league where there are no centers. Uh, he he has no offensive game to speak of. He can dunk the ball because he's very strong and athletic. Uh, he can block shots and he can rebound, which are all nice. Uh, he's a very, very good center, don't get me wrong. But he's not even close to the kind of center that they want him to be, uh, that the media portrays him as, which is this, you know, the second coming of Shaq, which is just not even remotely true. Uh, he's much more of an Alonzo Mourning type player and that he's a tremendous athlete who can block shots and rebound, but he just doesn't have a refined offensive game, and at this point in his career, it doesn't look like he's ever going to get one. Uh, his best offensive move is this ugly jump hook thing uh, that's hard to block, and sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't. It's very unreliable. Uh, it doesn't look anything like the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar skyhook, <laughs> to say the least. Um, on top of that, uh, he's cultivated this image of himself as this uh, terrific person who would never do anything wrong, uh, this kind of a big kid, and you know, he's just out there to have fun. And then you see him um, you know, kind of taunting LeBron James before Game 2 of the conference finals with it mocking his, uh, his chalk move that he does at the beginning of the games. Um, he, he threw a jab at LeBron in an interview uh, with a, a part of the interruption in which he said um, that uh, his top two uh, MVP candidates would have been uh, Kevin Durant and Amari Stoudemire this year, which is obviously a shot at LeBron James, who won the MVP uh, for the second straight year. Um, I think he's overrated as a defensive player. He is the two-time reigning uh, defensive player of the year just because he blocks shots and rebounds, uh, which is nice. I mean, uh, blocking shots is great, rebounding is great, but uh, that doesn't make you a great defensive player. Uh, his shot blocking is uh, as a weak side defender. Uh, when somebody beats their man, he comes in from the weak side and blocks the shot. Uh, he rarely, if ever, blocks a shot while guarding somebody one-on-one. It's not really his thing. And his one-on-one defense is... Uh, poor. It's not very good. Uh, He's lucky in that he doesn't normally have to guard anybody one-on-one just because there's not very many good centers in the league. But um, in the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, at one point he was matched up on on, uh, uh, Kevin Garnett. Uh, At the top of the key, which, I mean, obviously you should just... 
just back off Kevin Garnett, make him shoot his jump shot. Uh, Howard was right up on him. Uh, Kevin, Garnett, uh, Kevin Garnett pump faked once. Uh, <laughs> Dwight Howard jumped out of the building, and he went right by him for a dunk. Uh, that's the defensive player of the le- in the league. Um, yeah, that's not, not very good for the league, I guess. Um, I guess my point being is that his defense is vastly overrated uh, just because he puts up nice numbers on the uh, rebounding and shot blocking uh, statistical side. Um, and then uh, uh, Rajon Rondo has really emerged as one of the best players in the league in this series and last series. He, I don't know how you stop the guy from getting into the lane. He's just so fast. Um, he beats his man off the dribble so easily. His passing's fantastic. He can rebound uh, better than any point guard in the league, uh, better than almost any point guard I've ever seen. Um, for someone his size, he's only 6'1", and uh, he just routinely pulls down uh, a lot of rebounds. I don't know how he does it. And uh, one of the big stories uh, in this playoffs is the fact that the big three uh, for the Boston Celtics, uh, Garnett, Pierce, and Allen, have finally decided uh, to give the reins over to Rondo. Uh, they kind of fought it the entire season. It really kind of hurt the team. They uh, were very reluctant to hand over the reins of the team to him. But come playoff time, they finally decided to do it, and it's paid dividends so far as they are two wins away from the NBA Finals and a chance to win uh, two championships in three years, which is really incredible. Uh, you have to kind of wonder what would have happened if Kevin Garnett had not been hurt last season in the playoffs. Uh, that was a team that took uh, the Orlando Magic to seven games, even without Kevin Garnett. And, um, you know, that was the team that went to the NBA Finals. They lost to the Lakers. But uh, had Kevin Garnett been healthy, who knows, we may be looking at a possible three-peat. Uh, the Celtics team is just very, very good. They have the best starting five in the NBA. Uh, they have four all-stars of the, in their starting five, which is incredible. Uh, three future Hall of Famers for sure. Rondo could possibly one day end up being a future Hall of Famer as well. So you have possibly four future Hall of Famers on one roster, which is incredible. And then Kendrick Perkins is probably the best one-on-one defender uh, in the post in the NBA. Um, he he does all the things that Dwight Howard should do as a defensive player of the year. Uh, he gets on you. He's physical with you, pushes you around. Uh, he, he's given Dwight Howard fits in the playoffs so far, uh, especially game one when he held him to three for ten shooting and only 13 points and seven turnovers. Um, uh, the draft lottery was recently held as well, uh, speaking of the NBA, and uh, the Washington Wizards won. They will have the number one pick, and they will almost certainly draft uh, John Wall out of Kentucky, who uh, a lot of people compare to Derrick Rose. I think he is a better athlete than Derrick Rose. I think he could end up being one of the best point guards in the league. Um, some people compare him to Dwayne Wade. I don't really see that comparison. He's not quite the the uh, uh, shooter. Uh, he doesn't have uh, a good mid-range jumper compared to Dwayne Wade, although he could develop one over time. Uh, he's a similar type athlete to Dwayne Wade, but he's not as uh, strong as Dwayne Wade either. I don't know if he's going to be able to rebound um, and uh, um, uh, blow guy blow past his guy like Dwayne Wade does in the NBA. I think Dwayne Wade may be a little uh, too much uh, as a comparison. Uh, the Sixers got the second pick and uh, will likely take Evan Turner, uh, although they could possibly trade the pick, which is what's being uh, talked about right now. Although apparently in order to get the second pick, uh, whoever wants him has to take on Elton Brand as well. And 
that is the worst contract in the NBA. He's owed $51 million over the next three years, and he's essentially a, uh, a bench player at this point in his career. I don't think anybody's going to take that contract on. That is uh, just way too big uh, for someone who's not that good anymore. So I think they're going to end up keeping the pick and taking Evan Turner with that pick. Um, he would fit in seamlessly with the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, who have uh, a, a good point guard right now in Drew Holiday. They have a, a good small forward in uh, Andre Iguodala, uh, a nice center in uh, uh, Samuel D'Alembert, a nice forward uh, who's up and coming in Thaddeus Young. Uh, they are kind of stuck with Elton Brand right now, but uh, I think it would be wise to just set him on the bench and bring him as a change of pace guy at this point. But uh, because they're paying him so much, they're probably going to start him over Thaddeus Young, which is obviously a mistake. Uh, but Evan Turner can be plugged right into that system as the two-guard. Uh, he has all the skills necessary to be a good two-guard in the league. A lot of people compare him to Brandon Roy. I think that's a pretty good comparison. He's not quite the outside shooter that Brandon Roy is, but I think he can develop that outside shot. Uh, I think he's better at getting into the lane than Brandon Roy. And uh, he is a tremendous, tremendous rebounder. I don't think people discuss that enough. He averaged nine rebounds a game as a point guard in uh, the Big Ten which, uh, that, that's incredible. Um, he's 6'7", about 210 pounds, so uh, he has, you know, the kind of body that you can put a little more weight on. He'll get bigger and stronger as he gets into the weight room. Uh, I really think he has a chance to be a perennial all-star. Um, like I said, a lot of people compare him to Brandon Roy, who is basically a perennial all-star right now in his, at this point in his career. Uh, I see some Joe Johnson in him uh, because of his versatility. Joe Johnson can play a lot of different positions. Uh, Evan Turner can play basically three positions in the NBA. He can be a point guard, shooting guard, or small forward. Uh, he's more suited to be a shooting guard or small forward, but you could see him being um, a, a point guard if he had to be. Um, he doesn't really have a history of injuries, which is always good. Uh, neither does John Wall. Uh, Evan Turner did break two vertebrae in his back this past season, um, but <laughs> he recovered. He only missed uh, six games. Uh, and he played at a high level after he came back from the injury. You would never know he was injured. Um, so he's clearly a tough player and a hard worker. I think toughness goes a long way in the NBA. Uh, if Vince Carter had broken two vertebrae in his back, uh, not only would he have missed the rest of the season, but he probably would have ended his career. I, I'd <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I can't help but take more jabs at Vince Carter. Uh, the guy, uh, there's no way he comes back from an injury like that. Uh, and yet Evan Turner uh, only misses six games and then immediately comes back and runs the team and leads his team to the Sweet 16 uh, and uh, the conference championship as well. Uh, I think that pretty much covers the NBA at this point. Um, uh, the Nets have the third pick. They'll likely take Derek Favors. Uh, it's really a two-player draft. Favors possibly has the chance to be a star in the league. Uh, he is oftentimes compared to Amari Stoudemire. Um, uh, both in good ways and bad ways. He's got the same kind of athleticism and skill set <coughs> that Amari Stoudemire has, but he also isn't a fantastic rebounder, and he's not a very good defensive player either. So uh, we will see what happens, and uh, I will be back to do another podcast once the NBA Finals and the NBA Draft have been completed. I uh, hope you've enjoyed the inaugural uh, SportsLink podcast, and this is Josh Link signing off.